Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every time I walk down my street, it's you I hope to meet. The hustle bustle of the city, people shuffling their feet. My mind is elsewhere thinking of you, running your fingers through my head. I'm in a world of my own, so people stop to stare. I'm feeling dizzy from my head to my feet. Should I be worried about the fact this man is having on me? Disease, baby. Should I, I be worried? Are we de la réalité. Expanding Reality. Etoile Marley, welcome to the show. This is so cool to have you on. You are fantastic. I share your, every, every day I share your word of the day and I thank you for that. Um, my wife and I adore your content, adore you, got into your music after that and we're just going to have an awesome conversation if it's all the same to you. Yeah, amazing. Cool. Thank you for having me on the show. Absolutely. And thank you for always sharing my word of the day. I do see that. And I'm like, thank you very much. I think it's great because it is. You you share obscure words. And I, I wanted, you know, we're going to talk about why and all that stuff. Um, but before we do that, uh, guys, every way to find her, website, Instagram, Spotify, YouTube, all the rest is going to be located down below. Check the She Wolf out. She's an artist and a songwriter. She's awesome. Absolutely awesome. I'm going to link a couple of your songs, yeah. my couple of my favorites down there uh, by you as well. So, Before we get to our amazing conversation here, do you mind doing the part where you introduce yourself for the audience, my friend? Sure. Do I just say, hi, my name is? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hello, everybody. I just have Eminem in my head now. Um, hello, everybody. My name is Etoile Mali, and this is Expanding Reality. I love it. Etoile Yeah. So for folks out there, um, what is it that you would like for us to know about you besides that you're an artist and a songwriter? Well, I'm a mom and I came, I've been in entertainment for just over 20 years. So before getting into music, I was a dancer and circus performer. Um, I had my own business. Um, but yeah, as you know, I'm very obsessed by words and language and learning different languages. Like I speak three different languages. Um, I really want to learn Japanese, but I just think I'm very intrigued by the power of language and how different languages express the same ideas, but creating, you know, different metaphors and idioms. And yeah, it just fascinates me. I think it's brilliant. I feel like it's so underrated. Um, yeah. Circus performer. What, yeah. what did you do in that? Like, tell me, what please. did I do in the circus? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, people often think like trad circus, when I say circus performer, I never performed like in a big top. I have friends who grew up in the circus and, and toured in the trad circus, um, sort of arena, but 
I worked predominantly for a stilt walking dance company. So we had like costumes and we do like choreography. Um, so I did like heaps of festivals. I did the Hong Kong like Chinese New Year parade one year back in the day. That was incredible. Um, and I did a lot of manipulation. So I was in several troops. So we did like hula hooping and juggling and um, yeah. So mostly manipulation and dancing on stilts was my main thing. <laughs> That's awesome. Like, how do you even say, I, I want to do that? Like, I have so many questions yeah. about what it is like to walk on stilts. How was it? Like, was it hard? Yeah. Was it, you know, it was incredibly easy for me. So the woman, it was so random. This woman, when I was moving out of a house, like when I was doing, you know, shared houses and things like this is in my early twenties, I was moving out. And the lady who was looking at my room to move in was scouting dancers to set up an Australian branch of the stilt walking company that she was bringing over from Amsterdam uh, because in her experience, dancers picked it up really quickly, which was exactly the case for me. So I'd been dancing for like 12 years or something. Um, so yeah, so it was really, I just like serendipitously met her and then voila, became part of her company and toured around and all the rest of it. It's amazing. It's like the idea that sprinters make the best bobsledders. I know, I learned that from Cool Runnings. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Right. I love Cool Runnings. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, and then into music. So where where did you start with music? Where where did you start saying like uh, I can sing? I can do this. Yeah. Um. I I don't really feel like I ever said I could sing, but I started writing songs when I was dancing full time. And that was because a friend actually, like she brought her guitar and she was just sort of like writing songs. So I was like, oh, well, I know basic chords on the guitar. Um, so that's when that began. But for the longest time, I was so busy with dance and circus. I would play like open mic and definitely like writing songs sort of as a hobby, but only really pivoted into music after I injured my back because that kind of like ended my dance career. Was that from um, stilts? No, it was... Oh. Really embarrassingly, initially, it's sort of like a reoccurring injury. So initially I put it out when I was dancing one New Year's Eve, uh, like flicked myself back too much. And then the next day I like, couldn't stand up straight. Oh. Um, and then the last job I did in Australia before moving to the UK, I put my back out again. And then the first job that I did in the UK, I just, it was like a triple whammy. Like I completely popped out two discs and it crushed the nerve in my leg. I still can't like feel my toes. And so I had to rehab it. And in that time I was like, okay, what am I going to do now? Cause obviously every time I kept going onto a big show, I just kept putting out my back. So I was like, I can't do this. Like I had my first daughter at the time, and I just thought, I can't do this anymore. I have to like pivot into something else. But music had always been a big question mark because I hadn't had time, but I loved it so much. So I was just sort of viewed it as a blessing. Like, you know, if I hadn't done that, I'd probably still be like teaching and doing choreography, which I still obviously love, but I never would have answered the question of like, what if I just push music, you know? Or <clears throat> yeah, so it was that's how I pivoted into music and then, I went to go study because I was living in a new country. I didn't know anyone in music in the UK. Like all my contacts were dance and circus. Um, so, yeah, so I just went full out, studied for five years straight. <laughs> and now I'm free. Um, yeah, but that was my 
I just loved it so much. Honestly, I think like being a mature age student, I was just, I just kicked ass basically. I did really, really well. Like now I teach in the university that I did my degree at and, you know, I just, <clears throat> it's really inspiring. Like I feel so lucky that I have something else that's linked to what I did. So a lot of my skills I could kind of pull across from dance, but that I love just as much. Like I seriously love writing songs. Like I love writing songs. <laughs> It's, I just nerd out on it. It's, it's amazing. Is it just the reading music and the chord progression or are you just lyrically and then melodically? Mostly lyrics and melody. That's my first, like lyrics has always been the first thing that I've loved in songwriting, but I've grown to love melody and chords. I always feel like I'm not the greatest at harmony, but I'm exploring that more because I really love string arranging and, and I want to get better on the piano, but you know, everything together. It's like a, it's this magic melting pot. And the more you can just, you know, get creative with every area, the more exciting it is, you know, like, yeah, I've been really getting into producing and just having the capacity to be able to like arrange and compose any instrument without necessarily knowing how to play it very well is like amazing to me. Like, it's the best. <laughs> My favorite John Lennon quote is, um, you know, somebody asked like, um, you know, something about him playing the guitar. And he was like, no, I'm not a guitar player. He's like, I'm an artist. If you give me a tuba, I'll give you something out of it. You know, we can, yeah. you can find that. You can pick that up and you can just, there's sounds to be made out of that thing. Yeah. That's really how I feel. Like a kid in a candy store. Yeah. You know, I've got lots of little weird and wonderful instruments and I've got a guitar and a keyboard. They're the main ones, but yeah, I just love all the other sounds you can create and, and you know, and even like stripping songs back and just making it out of like one little sound, like doing, doing, and then just like layering vocals and just, it's, it's awesome. It's yeah. like the guy, it's like those people on TikTok that stitch all the videos together of like a cat meowing mm. and then a couple other sounds. Yeah, and then yeah. this guy goes in and makes a whole trap beat out of it. And then somebody else plays like yeah. a trombone in a bathroom over it. Oh. And the way that they like do this is fascinating. I love how music brings people together like that. Yeah, it's amazing. I know. I wish I had more time to like stitch videos and stuff. Cause I, that is every time I see videos like that, I'm like, that is why I love the internet because other people have time to do this stuff that I really enjoy watching. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, stitching just on your own, just as an edit without publishing would be a great way to work on your harmonies. Cause you could sit there, sing a part yeah. and then stitch and then, finite the harmonies and then even triple it out, you know, and then just never publish it or publish the shit out of it because it'd probably be dope. Yeah. I love like harmony building is one of my favorite things. Yeah. I only once have done that on TikTok because somebody commented, I like the way you say Adidas because in America you say Adidas. Is uh -huh. that right? Or uh -huh. Adidas? Yeah. And so I just did this whole, well, not whole song, but like, you know, whole 15 second video that was like, so you like the way I say Adidas and then just like added more. I was like, like the way I say Adidas. And it, was just, it was just fun, but I'd love to do more of that kind of stuff. Like just silly, you know, being funny and yeah, just doing silly random, random shit basically. Speaking of random shit, do you mind saying the word aluminum? You mean aluminium? I do mean aluminium. Yeah, that's one of the better ones, right? I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? 
So, and, and then to that then, where did your hunt for obscure words come from? Like, where did your affinity for that? And then you just started diving in and said, I'm going to do an obscure word of the day and have fun with it. You're laughing your ass off. I enjoy you enjoying those videos. Yeah. It, it was so funny because I've always, like I said, I've always been interested in lyrics first, but then just on TikTok, I was like, oh, I'm just going to, because I've got all these books. So I was like, I'm just going to start sharing, like, check out this cool word I found. And I can't remember in the beginning, I think I, I just used to say it like that, like, check out this cool, obscure word I found. It means this. And then like gradually it just started to, you know, get more and more, um, you know, momentum. Like I just garnered more and more followers um, so then I was like, okay, I'm going to apply myself and make this an official thing. And I'm like my word for you today. And, and then it just kept growing. And then I've been sharing this book this year, which to be honest, I'm so, so can't wait to finish it. Cause it's been quite the dedication, like a word every day from that book. Um, but yeah, it, I don't know. It's just kind of grown like the last year. It's really grown and grown and grown and you know I get lots of like engagement people talking and some words like I remember some of the earlier words I shared like funny ones like calipigeon which means having a nice ass you know of course those ones always go bonkers because everyone's like oh ha, ha, ha. like I'm gonna use that now or they tag friends like oh you're calipigeon or whatever it is um so yeah so that, that's been fun I love ways of sharing information like that there's a uh guy that's deaf that I follow on TikTok, tons of people follow this dude, and he has millions of views on this video where he did the sign language uh, for fuck around and find out, and it just went nuts, oh right? God, I want to see that. I want to learn that. I posted it on my page. I uh, tagged him in it and everything. I reshared it. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, and so it's little things like that so where it's like, it's crass, but dude, it's amazing. Like, people want to know that, and especially, you know, yeah. uh, cross-culturally, what's the first thing you ask for when you meet a friend that knows another language? How do you say fuck in your language, right? You know, yeah, how do you yeah. say booby yeah. in your language? That's We want to know the cuss words and stuff like that. We'll learn the bathrooms totally. and where the library is later. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's funny that you say that because um, I used to front this like, French gypsy jazz band just before I left Australia, and, like, part of the show, it was kind of like a theatrical, it was based on this World War II heroine from Australia, Nancy Wake. She was so badass in the Second World War. But anyway, that's who my character was based on. But part of the show, because I would speak in a French accent, because she ended up migrating to France. She worked for the French resistance. Um, but, yeah, part of the show would teach the audience French cuss words. <laughs> and it was always like one of the highlights of the show because everyone would join in and just be like, yeah, you know, merde, va te faire foutre. Like, you know, just everyone... Yeah, I loved it and they loved it. So it's. Do you mind that. bringing that back here? Do you mind teaching us a little something just for the audience, like for edification's sake, you know? Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's probably considered old school now, but va te faire foutre is go fuck yourself. Va te faire foutre? Am foutre. I too German? Okay, what is it? There's a foutre, there's an R at the end. So va te faire. Va te faire. Va te faire. See, foutre. I get all German on it. What is that? It's like, it's like, yeah. It's because okay. of the A. Uh, yeah. Vat Foutre. Foutre. Yeah, Foutre. that was good. That was a bit softer. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know what it is? It's That's what it is. I'm just like smashing words with my face and you're just like caressing them, you know? <laughs> like they just get barely out of your lips and you caress them with the little bit of air you got left just to queef them out there. And I'm just like, I'm like coughing words out. It's insane. It's so much more finesse. It's better. Okay, so go fuck yourself. Okay, uh, what's another one if you don't mind? 
well, the classic merde is shit. Merde. Um, but you say merde, like the French say merde more like we use fuck. Like if they drop something, they say merde. Merde. Right. Okay. But there's not really. Well, they say putain is another one. That means slut. Um, and they actually, they use putain in the way that we say fuck. Like, you know how fuck can be used in different ways. Like, oh, fuck, yeah. no way. Like, oh, putain. Like, why that happened? Or, um, or, you know, like if you hit your hand or something, you're like, oh, putain, ça fait mal. Like that, you know, fuck, that really hurts. But you're <laughs> actually, like, uh, une pute is a slut. So, okay. yeah. <laughs> this is so great. I'm fascinated by other yeah. language. So I'm just like, please just t talk to us in your language. This is wonderful. Yeah, yeah. It's I, cool. <laughs> it, it is. And um, so, and then that's the question as well. What is it like speaking three different languages? What are the languages, first of all? English, French, and? Spanish. Spanish. Oh, okay. Very yeah. cool. But a little. Uh, I speak Spanish badly, but I learned un poquito más, sí. Okay. Pero I can teach you some yeah. Spanish if you want. Oh, cool. No ensucias tejas. No ensucias tejas. What does that mean? Don't mess with Texas. Ah, okay. No. Awesome. Ensucias. No. Ensucias. Tejas. Ensucias. What's that? What's that verb? To mess en with. Ensucia. To mess with oh, or to okay. screw around with. Right. Or to litter in, perhaps. Don't do that. Yeah. No ensucias tejas. No ensucias tejas. Muy bien. Que bueno. Yeah. Yeah. Gracias. Gracias. Yeah. <laughs> Outstanding. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to learn uh, all there is to learn about this stuff. So, She Wolf, what is this? You have this just like raw shit going on with you. You have the coolest style, the things, the you videos you're making, the music that you make. You just have this authenticity that I think is just fascinating and amazing and beautiful. So yeah. how, you know, I bet other folks probably look at this the same and say like, I'm not like that or I could never because smash that to the ground for everybody. Let them know how they can enter their own she-wolf and let her, let her roar there. She-wolves roar, howl, yeah. howl. Howl, okay. howl, baby. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I guess something that's really important to me is just, and honestly, I, I don't think I could fake it if I tried really hard. I just, my personality is like, like I always say to people, you will know if I don't like you because I just cannot hide. I cannot hide behind something. Like you can just read me like a book, what I'm feeling, you know, whether I like something or whether I don't like it. Um, so yeah, I guess to your question, I feel like, and what's really important to me is just always honoring what I feel like, whether it's in my art, you know, in my work, in my life, but it's, it's just being honest. You know, it's, it's, it's honestly sharing because that's what music and art is about. It's, it's sharing your true experience because nobody has the exact experience and that's how we connect through our art and our music is because it's like, oh, I'm, I'm just sharing a piece of me, a piece of my thoughts, a piece of my experience. And, you know, some people might go, oh, that sounds similar to mine or, you know, or I relate to that because I've felt that way too or whatever it is. So, yeah, I feel like, you know, it's easy to, especially like when I went into music, it's funny, I wasn't as confident, like as a dancer, I don't know if I, because I started so young, like I started at seven dancing, but like with dance, I always just was really confident in my 
ability and you know I did it for so long and I was always like yeah I'm a dancer like hands down you know like you can't mess with me like I know I'm good but when it comes to singing and music I don't know I've always just had a little less confidence and I don't know if part of that is because it's more vulnerable you know it's more personal like especially when you sing it's so revealing and and I I still like tremble at the thought it's something that I want to get better at and I'm, I'm working on like I've always I've had a lot of issues with my voice this year and yeah but I think a lot of that it's so tied in emotionally like the voice and feeling and you know and then music and all the rest of it but yeah it's just being honest you know like I'm so not interested in being perfect just just be honest and share and share you know share your story yeah I love that and what you yeah. said about the voice, you're absolutely right. Because I think that uh, dancing, although very cool, I don't connect with it. You know, but the vocals, yeah. your voice, people connect with that. It's it's different. Yeah. You know, um, and and it's to something uh, even to that. Like let's say that you could see the most beautiful human dancer you've ever seen. I would rather listen to the blue chick from The Fifth Element sing that dope song in front of that planet in space. You know what I mean? So there is yeah. something to the vocals. There's something connecting to us to voice for sure. And so that's absolutely yeah. why it's more intimidating for damn sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it can be revealing. I think you have to, well, like for me personally, I really have to make peace with firstly what my voice is and sounds like. Like I, I'm under no illusion that I have some amazing, you know, whatever voice I just have just working with what I've got and trying to get the best out of what I've got. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's, I guess it's a bit different for me cause I am moved by dance and I, and I think it's, yeah, it's just such a different art form, but it's just another form of emotion. It's just like emotion in motion. <laughs> yeah. It represents the kinetic side of emotion. You yeah. Know, emotions expressed. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, all of the above, you know, it's, you know, like with any sort of performance, particularly live performance, it's like you can't put your finger on that tangible, like je ne sais quoi that happens in the moment when someone, when all the thing, you know, all the stars align and all the energy and everything is like so authentic that the audience just goes, wow, you know, like, I don't know if you've done shows and stuff, but there's been times when I've like had runs of shows and you do like 30 shows or something over a month but not every show is like, Wah! but you know, the nights where you just go, fuck, that was amazing. Wasn't it? And the audience is like, fuck, that was amazing. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. The guitar on the wall behind me, I took, uh, to China and toured, um, I think it, we did 18 cities in 28 days, something like that over there, but, um, then toured all over the U S and stuff. So that live vibe, you know, and especially tour vibe, right? Touring is different yeah. than just going and playing gigs consistently in the same town. It's a, yeah. it's a travel thing. It's, you don't sleep for shit, but you don't need it. Like it's wild. Yeah. It's a crazy experience. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, amazing. So it's amazing. Cities. I've never done that. Well, I was booked to, days. that's bonkers. Yeah, in a country I'd never gone to. My guide was supposed to speak English, but he did not, but we had a great time. He knew every word to every Bob Marley song, by the way. Um, and that's yeah. why, that's how we connected was he just, he knew those and then he had a joint rolled at the airport when we got there. So already we connected over the core things, right? We love travel music yeah. uh, and Bob Marley in all ways. And so, um, yeah, toured all over the place. And then after the after the first tour, I was actually scheduled to go back for two months with 
way more dates. I think it was 30 something dates. I think I knocked it down from 40. They were like, we want you to come all over everywhere. And I was like, ah, I can't, you know, my grandmother got sick. And so I moved up here to North Texas to take care of her. But yeah, I was, I was pumped and then just, you know, didn't go back, but it's, it, it was an, it was an experience. It's like your trip. It's like one of the coolest things I've ever done. It just changes you. Yeah. Oh, uh, there's nothing like that. I mean, for me, the gig that sticks out the most is that one that I mentioned in Hong Kong, because never before have I been a performer in front of such a huge, like we're talking millions of people lining the streets, like 4 million people or something like it was. And I tell you afterwards, the craziest thing happened. Have you ever seen that film Baraka? It's like a silent film and it's just all these different landscapes around the world. So they do like, it's just like sped up. It's like time lapses of, um, you know, like the sunset and like Tokyo, that main like crossway section and like, um, Times Square and it's just, it's a silent film, but it's really poignant. You know, it's got like factories in China where they're throwing little chickens down these holes and they're going into cages and like, it's just a sort of uh, like silent commentary on life and society and, you know, all these different things. But so when I got off, when we finished that gig in Hong Kong and we went down into the subway and they have like glass sliding doors um, with the railway so that people don't fall into the tracks and stuff. But basically there's these escalators going down and we're on the escalator going down and I'm looking at the platform and I'm thinking, oh, my God, like it's packed, like all these people. And then as we're sort of halfway down the escalator, I'm thinking like there's literally nowhere to go on the on the platform, like there's nowhere to go. And then I just see the people like down the bottom of the escalator just like backing up like that and someone at the bottom of the escalator is like just going – press the emergency, stop. Like it was like, and it reminded me of that film because it, it was almost like at this time lapse, like all these people. And I just thought, oh, my God, we're all just going to get like sandwiched and like you know, the pushed out on the tracks, it. dude. Yeah, well, they have these glass doors. So yeah, thankfully, I mean, through that, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it was, it was just so wild. So we had to like backtrack, you know, they stopped the escalators and we had to get out because there was no way of moving. It was kind of like. Yeah, we got out and waited a few more hours till there was less people or whatever, but it was so wild to see How long that. were you over there in Hong Kong? Um, I think it was a week because we arrived like uh, a few days before and then we had to have a rehearsal. So we were in these like big sun costumes and we had a massive batucada, like a Brazilian drumming um, crew that were with us from New Zealand. And um, I don't know how many, I think we must have been about 15 or well, yeah, maybe 15 stilt walkers. And then the batucada was like 15 or 20 as well. So we had this whole sort of procession. And then there were people from all around the world. Like I think there was a cheer squad from the US and, you know, like all different performers doing this huge parade. It was, yeah, it was amazing. Damn. And the, yeah. the amount of people though, <clears throat> excuse me, in like Hong Kong, uh, in China, and that is mind blowing. I agree with you. So the same thing. I was in a town called Zibo, China. I think it was my third stop on the tour after Beijing, Sichuan or something. I can't pronounce that right. And then Zibo. And then in Zibo, I was in some 30 story tower, the radio stations at like one of the top floors. And they were showing me, I had an interview with a guy who spoke Mandarin. I did not. And a guide who was not my guide because he didn't speak English. And so he was sitting off oh. in the booth. And then I had another young lady there that was that spoke better English than anyone in the room. Um, and so he would <laughs> ask a question. I spoke very she, she spoke slowly and asked me. I would answer very slowly to her. She would answer him in Mandarin. 
And then, you know, uh, we went to a commercial break or something like that, and he was like, okay, you play a song now. And I was like, okay. So I have my guitar ready and everything. It's just me and my acoustic guitar, my acoustic guitar and I, rather. And then he goes, here, here's how many people are listening right now. And I looked at the screen, it said 12,100,000, something like that. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? That This town of Zebo is like 30 million people, and we've never heard of it, right? But it's like, it's, it's mind-blowing the scale of the folks over yeah. there, but never saw a wreck. Like, I was there for a month, never saw a wreck, like a car vehicle wreck or anything, until right. two in the morning, one night, we went to some bar on bicycles after, like, somebody gave us bicycles because the owner owned another bar and he wanted us to go there after it was closed anyway. All the streets deserted, everyone, and so it, it's weird, this juxtaposition, to where because you'd think it would have, like, a bustling nightlife or something like that because of all the people there. It does not. Everything shuts yeah. down, and no one's awake, so yeah. it's a vacant, massive city. And then there were two cars that wrecked in the middle of the, like, but no, during all the chaos of the normal driving, and you know what I'm talking about, all the people yeah. walking and scooters and shit, no one ever hit anybody. But in the middle yeah. of the night, where no one else is on the road, two people hit each other. It was a weird thing. That's so bizarre. Yes. That's China, so bizarre. It's just an odd experience. Anyway, it's, so let's get back to talking about you instead of telling my China stories. So, no, I love it. It's uh, great. <laughs> what, um... What are you looking forward to as an artist? Like, what are you working on that you're super pumped to talk about? Um, my second album, actually, because it's, I feel like I'm sort of figuring out who I am more and more, you know, like obviously the more you write and the more you kind of go down that path, or well, for me, like in music, because I still feel like relatively new to music. It's been, you know, sort of five years, six years since I've been focusing on music. Um, but I've only been releasing for a few years. But, yeah, this this second album I'm working on just feels more like me. It's more I'm writing and I'm producing the whole thing, not not like as a defiant thing just because practically like to save money, <laughs> well, you know, so I can spend money on good mixing and mastering, but also because I really enjoy producing. So and, and I feel like because I'm producing it, it is more me because I'm sort of making all these creative choices, which are normally like on my last album, um, I was collaborating, producing. So I was sort of like working with a producer who's more advanced than me and kind of telling him what to do and stuff. And he's great. Like I love working with him. He's just a bit expensive for me now. I'm like, oh, dude, I have to learn how to do this myself. Um, but, yeah, so the second album is have a guess what it's about. <laughs> it's a Walking concept Walking on stilts? <laughs> no. Oh, it's, okay. It's about being obsessed with words. So Really? Okay, called, even better. Yeah. Top secret, but it's called Logomania. So that gives you an idea of the that's the concept of the whole album. Wow. Yeah. Logomania. Logomania, yeah. So logos means word. Um but yeah, so that's gonna tie into I'm writing a book as well, which should hopefully they'll come out together which is obviously about words as well. So, yeah, I'm excited about that as a package and trying to kind of bring my two worlds together for this for this project, which is, yeah, that's really exciting to me, actually. So I'm hoping to finish that and have it out next year. Yeah. Word. I love this. Yeah, love totally this. word. <laughs> Just I, word. I really need to, like, <laughs> sort out merch because it's – this is another thing, you know, like I'm sure you probably know this too, but like getting the merch, but I just feel like there's such a 
there's so much to this project that could just be perfect on merch. So, oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You got all that, and we know um, Patricio for Forgotten Youth. He makes these shirts. His shirt line is incredible. I'll connect you with him. He's incredible. He can do um, awesome. amazing stuff for you. Yeah, yeah. I love him. Shout out love Patricio. Him. In fact, link below, guys, if you want some yeah. dope merch from Forgotten Youth, go see my boy over there. Amazing. So, um, what do you think about aliens? What's going on with that? Yeah, I love. <laughs> I wasn't sure like what this conversation would be about, but obviously because of your page, you know, I see all these like conspiracy theories and agent and like, I just got to say, I love that because I grew up with a dad who's super like into conspiracy theories. He used to buy this magazine, I think it was called Nexus, but it's all about like debunking, you know, like theories or maybe like revealing, you know, like theories about aliens and Y2K and, you know, electric cars that have been invented since the twenties and, you know, like cars that run on water and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, anyway, aliens, oh, I believe they're out there, like for sure. Some, what do you think you they are? Yeah, well, they could be more advanced humans. This is um, the thing, though. Let me let me say before we answer anything further, this is speculation. No one fucking knows, right? So feel free to have absolute fun with this. Like, no one's going to go, oh, but you say it as this, and we think of you differently. Please have some fun with this shit. Really? Like, what's your favorite oh. one? I mean, you might as well just say, like, what is reality? Because <laughs> yeah. like, I was seeing all these videos, you know, about the <laughs> saying that we're, like, in the – that we're a simulation – is just, you know, when you start thinking about that too much and you go down a little rabbit hole in your thoughts and you're like, whoa, okay, this is, I need to like grasp onto reality because otherwise I might just like lose. But lose what's reality? Mind. Like that's exactly. the question, right? It's, because Well, this is the thing. With my dad, I grew up with the belief that your reality is your creation. So whatever you choose to believe becomes your reality and is your reality, which, you know, makes sense. Like, of course it is because it's your eyes. So, but he put it in such a way that it's very much like you are the driver of your own destiny and your own, you know, like you're in control to pick and choose what you believe to be real. So I'm very much of that sort of school of thought. Um, and I feel like I'm open, like because of the kind of upbringing I had like I'm open to ideas, you know, even for a while there, like me and my husband were watching all these flat earth documentaries. Oh yes. We can have that conversation. Yeah, yeah. Out of interest. I mean, this is a few years ago. I've kind of like forgot about that, but there's some, you know, pretty convincing theories in there if you start going down. So I think it's, I think it's fun just to be open to ideas and, and different wild and wonderful theories. Cause it makes you just question, yeah, what you believe and like what you think is real what you choose to believe is real like in the end i don't know i can't help but feel like honestly life is just a game it's just a game and if you're just like well actually today i'm just gonna be a master chef or like okay i'm gonna be a painter and i'm gonna make money i don't know how i i really believe in the like you don't have to know how just like focus on something <laughs> and make it happen <laughs> i'm seeing that more and more it is truly a venture through the mind like it really is yeah. uh, a mind fuck at times but then you get to this point of absurdism are you are you at this yet have you gone through like nihilism and all the steps that have gotten you there and all that stuff yeah like, i don't really know what nihilism is it's just you hate this place everything's dark uh it's it's uh, a very atheist mindset um nothing matters you know why bother all of that um 
And then you get into this absurdism, which maybe you skipped all that and got right to that. I'm in the absurdism part now, and I'm having a blast with it, is where you realize that you just troll this fucking place. It's not like you've been taking it too seriously. And then now you just see how absurd it is. See, it's riddled with fucking paradox, so enjoy the show. And, and like, be an agent of cat. Like, walk it. What I used to do all the time as well, and I'm enjoying it now more and more, I got a little fart machine that I carry around in my pocket, like a little squeezy thing, and I'm just letting things happen, you know, in my life. Look at people dead in the eye. Yes, I love this thing. It's being bought and given away by me now. I am bestowing this uh, on everyone because being an agent of silly is sort of the way to get through this thing. Like, if you take it again too seriously, you'll never get out alive. Like, you've got to... You gotta, you gotta troll yeah. your way through this bitch. Yeah. Oh, big time. I'm definitely in the absurdism. And I think like a lot of that, I don't know. I feel like in my upbringing and like doing circus and being around kind of like mime and theater and everything about everything in that sort of world is about, you know, like, like theatricizing your life and like romanticizing your life. And I always think of like, like Marcel Marceau I saw as a kid, you know, the famous French mime and just how, and, you know, and then becoming a parent myself and how I like theatricize life for my kids. Like even, you know, like so many times we've been out at a cafe and I have nothing. And so I like scrunch up a napkin or something and like make a little head with ears and then like do something funny with it. And I don't know, for me, that's a beautiful way to go through life is to maintain that. And I feel lucky I had like two parents who were really like that in my upbringing, like both very sort of animated and comical. And we didn't have much, like I was pretty, you know, kind of poor growing up. So it was like just doing the most with minimal and, and yeah, it was just about being that playful in life. And I feel like as an adult, like the more, I don't know, like I laugh so much more now. Like I think the only sort of nihilism I might've gone through was like as a teenager, (laughs) but like after that, I just felt like, Man, life is, it, like I said before, life is a game. It's like you got to play it. you got to play the game and be playful and not take it too seriously. And, you know, like there's so much power in just, like, letting go of the bullshit. Like, yeah, we have to abide by these rules. We've got to pay tax and blah, blah, blah. But, like, you can choose to focus on that and be pissed off about it or focus on just playing the game. Yeah. <laughs> play the game of life. <laughs> Speaking of playing the game, I want to come back to Flat Earth because I find the topic fascinating. And not because I'm a huge proponent or absolutely believing in it 100%, whatever. I mm-hmm. love it for the thought experiment aspect of it just for the sake of just smashing cognitive dissonance. Because it's a real indicator of sort of where your level on your ability to question your reality is, right? So let me ask you first and foremost, what do you think of just the official story coming out of science uh, about the shape of the earth and all of that stuff and the planets and all of those things. And that we went to the moon. I'll go ahead and put that one in there. Yeah. Oh, the moon is the one that I'm like not sold on because I just think, why isn't there more footage of people and astronauts and like, and just real stuff? Like, why isn't there more like pieces of the moon and museums and stuff? Like, I don't know. Like why it feels like a big lie. Like, that is a big, I don't know what to think about that. That's, I'm not convinced, you know, I feel like there's so many people that are debunking the old footage and, you know, and all these astronauts that were on wires and like, 
it, it feels too like dinky and crappily done. So it can't have been done. Do you know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Like, it looks too fake. That's how you know it's real, right? That's what Elon Musk said about that car that he shot out in space. <laughs> it looks fake. That's how you know it's real. Yeah. It's just, um, but honestly today, fuck, fuck knows what to believe. Like anything <laughs> could be fake with the way AI is working. And, you know, I followed this account on TikTok for the longest time. I thought it was really Keanu Reeves doing all these hilarious like memes about being like a good boyfriend around the house. And it turns out it's completely <laughs> computer generated. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I thought he was like this being like really funny on TikTok. Yeah. So, you know, now like anything you see online could be completely bullshit. Like I really just, this is where I feel like you just have to decide what you believe because honestly, you could just watch anything and then find out that's completely made up. You know, you can. And I love what you said because all of it's so intuitive. It makes so much sense. So I'm going to show you this because we're going to have some fun with yeah. this because this is great. So this is a picture of, or a photo or an image rather, let me say image of the lunar lander allegedly on the satellite that we can totally get to and that we can totally reach. Now, what's interesting is if you look at these panels here and you look at this shrink wrap shit and this stuff here. It's aluminum. It looks like aluminum. Yeah. Aluminium, yeah. right? Yeah. Aluminium. Yeah, that's right. Like so one this is kitchen one. official like kitchen one. <laughs> official NASA image right here. Yeah. And then grandma only had, you know, a little bit of the tinfoil here. So she had the other gold right here. Uh, she had to run and get yeah. this from the neighbors, right? Because they only had enough gold yeah. to cover this part here. But then you look at like these panels and stuff and how dinky they are and how, like you said, I love the word dinky. It's, there's something, there's something about it that you're just like, there's no way that this can be real. And like you said, when you look at stuff yeah. like this, you're just like, this is a shower curtain, you know? Right. Like, there's no way that that traveled through the atmosphere if they say the atmosphere, you know, burns everything up. Like, there's no way. There's no way. And, and then also, um, well, allegedly it didn't go through the atmosphere. So this thing, uh, you know, was in a, in a rocket or whatever housed. But also there's no... Oh. I'm saying that there's no way that this thing uh, structurally did anything other than maybe pose for a few photos with this dude on it. But yes, yeah. like you said, with it, um, with the, well, this, <laughs> this part here coming down, look, this is as real as it gets right here. This actually looks better than the original one. But also right. there was the notable no regolith or dust inside the pads there, which was a whole thing. Like the, there should be a ton of dust here because this jet that left no crater yeah. was blasting this fucking thing down, right? And this is one of the best um, pictures. I don't believe oh. that. Oh, fuck me dead. Anyway. Um, yeah, so. <laughs> I haven't heard that for ages. Oh, I'm on the fly here looking up stuff, um, and it didn't do what I wanted. But anyway, so it's it's wild, and I love that you said this. So when you look at stuff like this especially, you're, you're like, there's no way that this is structurally sound to do shit in my mind. Like, what? I wouldn't get in this thing. You know, um, it looks a lot better than the, it, it looks way worse actually than the submarine that went down to the Titanic just a little bit ago. And that bitch didn't last long at all, allegedly, right? So it is yeah, laughable. Crushed, imploded. Yeah. Is that what they mean? Yeah. 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 So oh, then, then this is the question. So if the only place that we could go to allegedly nearby us, we all think they didn't go to 
then why are they lying about it? What's the reason, right? And so this is where the yeah. conversation of Flat Earth comes in. Because it's one of those things to where like, well, then maybe the whole damn thing's wrong. You know, maybe they're just fucking lying about everything. And with NASA and all the green screening shit that they're doing, have you seen that? Where they have obvious green screen and wires inside the ISS? Like in the aircraft thing? Yeah. yeah. I've seen some snippets. It's wild. It is. It's they're sitting there tugging on each other's wires and stuff. But right. then it's like, why are you faking it, right? And this is where, honestly, yeah. I think the question goes. Because what they're presenting to us is real. Which all the images of anything from Earth, uh, from space to Earth, is a composite. NASA says that. They're CGI. So they're not even real. They're using $56 million a day to fake being in space, but not even really well, you know? My nephew yeah. could do this better than they could, you know, on his computer. So yeah. it's just, then you ask... What, why are they faking it, right? Like, what are they hiding? Yeah. So what do you think that they're hiding? Well, I mean, it could just be a really good like, business proposition and they just use it to fund all the rich CEOs of that Yeah, like company. money laundering, like mattress yeah. stores. Well, yeah. Could be just like another Rockefeller. Like they set up, instead of setting up a bank, they set up this fake space exploring company. And it's called Rocket Fellow instead of Rockefeller, you know? Yeah, that's right. Rocket Fellow. <laughs> and um, I mean, who knows? Like, I'm sure all the, all those companies have heaps of things like that where they the claim to be doing all this, you know, I mean, dare I say, like cancer research and stuff like that. To me, it's all the same. Like, come on, years of donate to cancer research. And it's like, we actually know what causes cancer. <laughs> And they know cure for it. And you keep killing those motherfuckers. So stop doing that. Yeah, yeah. like prevention, but like there's no magical pill that you're going to magically create by donating to cancer research. Like all of that. I'm just like, no, that's some money-making scheme for people to get rich from yeah. like not. Yeah. Yeah. We can take the funding out of chemtrails first. I would rather do that. You know what I mean? Because maybe that's contributing to the cancers and all the shit in the food and the water and all that kind of stuff too. Right. Right. Couldn't yeah. Hurt. We could start there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Take all the fluoride and shit out of the water. Y'all keep dumping in there. That's a waste byproduct. Right. Yeah. So wild yeah. It's wild. It is. It's it's crazy. It is crazy. And this is why the moon conversation, space conversations, NASA, of course, which we say never a straight answer. This is why these things are interesting in my mm -hmm. mind because they raise so many questions and it's just sort of like not taking the official hey, here's some shit we're presenting you. And if you ask a couple of questions about it, it's not, it doesn't take long to poke holes in the entire damn thing. And then you ask why, you know, that's the yeah. biggest thing is like, what are they, yeah. what are they hiding? Is space not real? Or are there like tons of aliens right there that whenever they go out in space, the aliens are just like all over them and they can't show it. They're like, guys, go away. We can't, we're not telling people you're real yet. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. maybe hiding yeah, yeah. something crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, anything's possible. Like it, it could be just a big Truman show and, you know, if we poke too far, then we'll see, oh shit, the sky's pink on the other, you know, purple or whatever on the other side. Or but, water. But, like we're in a bubble yeah. inside a fucking ocean. Yeah. That's trippy Whoa. as shit, isn't it? That's so trippy. I've never thought of that concept. I feel more like some sort of vortex. I mean, I think, yeah, I think we could be like a dome, you know, like flat and then, a dome shape. <laughs> yeah. But what do you think about like edges and shit like that? Because that terrifies me. Like I'm not a fan of the yeah. edge idea. 
that there's like a container here that we're stuck in. You know what I mean? It makes me feel a little claustrophobic. What about Ooh. you? That is very odd, but there can't be an edge because it has to be contained somehow. Like the water. Maybe it's like um, Augustus Picard said that the earth looked like he was the first guy to ever go up higher than the first man in history, allegedly modern history, that went up in a balloon, the, the highest anybody's ever been up. It was like a hundred, it was a crazy amount. I'm not even going to guess. I could look it up, but and, which I will do in a minute. But to answer your question, yeah. it's a great one because then you think, yeah, what if everything would have fall off, right? But the thing about it is, is that water finds a level surface. So yeah. then you're, now you're talking about something like this, like this idea of shoal, right? Um, yeah. This, you know, from an ancient concept, a lot of people want to say, oh, but we've found out new information and we know that this isn't accurate. And what I say to this is it's probably back in a time where people weren't as lied to. Like right now, there's so much disinformation going on. They have to belittle and lie to these accounts. And even allegedly, there's a disinformation branch of flat earth for instance there's a disinformation branch for everything for ufos where they just it's government officials just putting out wrong information tons of people have come out and even said hey i'm one of those people so then you look at an idea like this and you say well maybe this that's why again reintroducing the ancient ideas to this kind of stuff is what we've been doing here lately because it's like well yeah. maybe this is what's going on because this matches some people's observations you know and it goes against the lies which is the other thing yeah yeah, this is the thing. I feel like that's where you just have to decide what makes the most sense to you right. and roll with it. And then that's just right. that's what is real for you. And, you know, like who's anyone to tell you otherwise because their theories, can they back up their theories? Well, half the time, no more than you can back up yours. So, like, who's to say who's right? Yeah. <laughs> and and I've come to this idea of that it's just an, a, a world of temporary truths is what I'm calling it. Because you may be so damn certain of something, but it's just temporary. You're going to find something out either when you die uh, that this was just a really like a Truman Show or just a big game or a simulation, whatever, but that you're not yeah. aware of now. Even if you have the most sense ever to be able to um, intellectually look at something like this and to say, well, I could see that that is so, you won't experience it in that way. Plus, everybody experiences this damn thing different. So this is why also, like, I don't understand uh, little petty belittlements and judgments and stuff like that. I'm like, all you people are seeing different things anyway, you know? Yeah, totally. And then you're perceiving it differently, even right. if two people, like if one person says the exact same thing and two people witness it, they're going to perceive it differently. So you just can't, yeah. It's, you know what else is wild? If two people see something, they're going to describe it differently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I've been listening to this podcast called Uncanny, um, and it's a British presenter, Danny Robbins, who does it. And a lot of it is ghost stories, but there are a couple of alien encounters in there. And that's where you really like people experienced those alien aircrafts in completely different ways. Like they describe them differently um, and similarly, but, you know, there's just, like you said, people going to, even if we saw a spacecraft arrive, like I might see blue Martians and you might see purple ones or, or white ones or whatever. Like and it's your Christian just, friend like, will see angels and your other yeah. Christian friend that doesn't think that they're good enough will see demons. It's a really exactly. odd thing. Yeah. And they talk about that in Uncanny, like the they always have an expert um, skeptic and then an expert uh, like paranormal, you know, uh, paranormal expert basically. And so the skeptics are always trying to debunk 
any sort of paranormal activity with the way that the mind plays on perception of reality. But often I find it harder to believe the skeptics theory because I just think I don't think people are that like crazy all the time. Like sometimes it just is a fucking ghost, right? <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> There's like, that was more believable than someone being like the perfect mix of like sleep, sleep deprived and, and, you know, hearing a pipe banging at the same time every night, you know, it just magically bangs at the same time every night for years or, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's more believable to think it's kind of magically a ghost or a spirit or some energy that's hanging around. Like, yes. And, yeah. and it's even crazier when you introduce the idea of like the demiurge or the archons, meaning that there is an entity or a presence here that can apprehend your conscious 100% and make you think it's anything, anything at all. So it's yeah. tailored to you. So one archon can make itself look like anything in the minds of 20 people standing there. So one thing yeah. can make itself anything, which calls everything right. into question, everything into question. Like you can't trust shit, yeah. right? <laughs> like that's the whole yeah. trust no one in the movies. You can't trust anyone. It's wild. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I got a dog that yeah. agrees here. Oh, he agrees. Yeah. yeah. He knows. He knows. <laughs> He's an archon too, but he's a cool one and we like hanging out with him. So um, we're going to wrap it up here in a second. I just have two more questions for you here. One, my wife, Mary, wanted to make sure that I asked you your favorite bands, songs, and influences. Ooh, okay. Um, yeah, so definitely because I grew up well, I was a teenager in the 90s. So most of my influences come from the 90s. Um, in particular, Jamiroquai. Like I just love them so much. I agree. Funky, yeah, funky sort of disco and just cool, like just edgy. Um, Sade is a big influence. Like a lot of people say that there's something in my vocal that reminds them of Sade, which is like the massivest compliment I could ever get. But it, I do get that quite a lot. I think there's just something in my breathiness that they go, oh, that's that's got some Sade vibes in it. Um, and I grew up listening to her loads in the 90s. Um, Lauren Hill is another big one because I love her style of lyricism and spoken word and you know she's a great singer too but i just think she's one of my favorite lyricists like her lyrics are dope um and the red hot chili peppers i saw them in concert um recently and i still love them <laughs> like their new album's really good but just that sort of rocky you know yeah like that rock influence i don't know how much that comes into my music like maybe in the darker the, the sort of bluesy rocks vibes um, but yeah, they're the main ones that sort of spring to mind. It's awesome. You have the coolest, it, it makes sense. I can see you with your vibe and your style. Um, I can totally get that. I'm going to, I'm going to send you some music. I've awesome. got some, some awesome ah. music to send you. I think you're, you're going to love it. And that's my favorite thing also about meeting musicians is like swapping music, right? It's like, Ooh, check yeah, this oh, out. Big time. I love it when someone's like, Oh, listen to this. Listen to yeah. this. I'm like, yes, please. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Um, okay, I want to show you one more thing, and this is just a fun fact that a friend of mine, John Gusty, who we had on recently, shout out guys, his episode's just a couple back there. Um, he was talking to me about the music industry and entertainment, and we got into some of the dark side of it and sort of the clones and all of that kind of stuff. And I wanted to ask you about a band called the Shangri-Las. Have you ever heard of them? In the 50s or 60s? Yeah, I have heard of them. What song, what was one of their famous Leader songs? of the Pack was oh, there yeah. okay there you go. <laughs> so let me show you this and i'm going to ask you if you see anything interesting about these women here 
So, do you notice anything about this picture? This is Shangri-Las. Anything jump oh, yeah. out at you? Um, do the two short-haired ones look a bit like men? <clears throat> mm hmm mm hmm Maybe the middle one, too, with this little guy going on? Oh, yeah. Except I have a bit of that sometimes. No, 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 no. You get the different. See, this, they're all dudes. Yeah. Right. All of them. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Think of, though, the energetic impact that this had on little boys of the time. Because what were yeah. boys doing and still do was to this day? Nice? No, not it's back then. It was a ruse. Right. So they propped these men up, positioned awesome. them as women, and yeah. then said, these are girls, boys, so feel free to have attractive feelings for these women. And then the boys would do that. And then these men got the energy of that. Isn't that a weird fucked up concept oh bizarre yeah leader of the pack it's not yeah. even a good song to be honest with you i'm not a fan of it like we no, went back and listened to it and like it's fucking weird we saw them do like a live yeah. performance and it's just it's such an odd thing to say this is a value and we would like for you to spend money and put your attention on this people you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I guess hiding it, like nowadays, you'd just be like, oh, well, it's trans yeah, women, here. you know? Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't care. But, like, the, the whole point yeah. is the apprehension of the psyche and the um, perception management is what it is. And so it's, like, stuff like this going on all over the place. I wonder if there was, like, specifically, you know, if it was an experiment. Is that, like, which label were they signed to? Cause they uh, I mean, all these are great questions. I don't have the answers to. This one is honestly just to bring it up to ask more questions and for people to go, I'm going to look more into that and maybe write us in and find more out about the Shangri-Las. And this is also something we'll talk okay. about on the Frequency Theorists uh, when you join us for the next one of that. Yeah. Pretty Amazing. Dope. I'm definitely going to research into that because that's, um, yeah, I didn't realize it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny how you just, when you start looking back at things like that and you're like, Whoa, that was <laughs> a different time. Weird that they did that. Yeah, yeah. like ads and oh mate, it's yeah, it's wild. Wild. Well, um, the cats and dogs are ready to go outside here, and so that is our cue to wrap it up. They're all <laughs> losing their shit and going nuts. I don't know. We got a storm blowing yeah, through in a minute. Excuse me. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Etoile, Marley, all the ways to find you will be located down in the show description notes. And I can't thank you enough. This is incredible. Like we have many more amazing it's conversations to have. Keep yeah, just remain cool. unstoppable. You know, because you're you're just what you're doing is beautiful and amazing. And again, guys, Spotify, music, YouTube, everything linked down below. Woo. Make sure you check it out. And just thank you again. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.